Today's show looks forward to the opening of Cambridge's own science centre. While you might be saying, hey, Cambridge is a science centre, this idea is a long-awaited project to create a really useful educational attraction in the town centre. We loved the idea, so we talked to the guy who conceived the project. You're listening to The Science Show on Cambridge 105. In this section called Scientists at Work, we talk to people who, for some reason or another, find themselves working, researching or thinking about science in Cambridge, England. If you visit the major cities of the UK with a tourist map, one of the attractions you'll find is a science centre. They're normally aimed at parents and children, and most cities in the world seem to have a place where you can do this kind of hands-on. In fact, the centres are called hands-on science centres. You can find a science centre certainly in London, in the Science Museum. There's one in Bristol, there's one in Newcastle, there's one in Glasgow and in Manchester. And that's as many as I can remember just now. But somehow, despite Cambridge's fame for science, we don't yet have one. Till now. So I spoke with Dr Chris Leonard at an event in Cambridge last Saturday, asking him how the thing came together. As I understand it, you are poised to open a science centre in Cambridge. We are, Roger. This is a fantastic piece of news for us. We are going to be opening Cambridge's first public interactive science centre in February of 2013. People might be asking, why does Cambridge need a science centre? We are very much a science centre. Well, we are a centre of science, but we're not a science centre So when you come to Cambridge today, you can go to fantastic museums, you can look at wonderful objects, you can come to the Cambridge Science Festival in March, but if you come at other times of the year and you want to come to a showcase of the fantastic research of people's desire to get involved in outreach and just get people involved in science all year round, there isn't that location in Cambridge today, and we're going to be that location. Excellent. So what sorts of things might we be looking forward to? We're going to have a space that lets tourists and families come by six days a week, just drop by and get hands-on with interactives which we are going to build, some of which we had on show at our Science Exchange event on the 27th of October this year. So there are those hands-on interactives that people can get involved with. Then we're going to have some shows. We'll have some workshops also for schools, some of which we can have on-site and some of which we will do by going up to the schools themselves. And then, of course, vitally important as well is our evening programme, which will really be addressing adults and the concept of science and science policy. Now, what sorts of people? You mentioned families, but specifically, are you aimed at any particular age group? We believe our core age group is from age 7 through to 14, or key stage 2, key stage 3, in terms of the the learning programmes. But what we build and the way we watch people interact with these exhibits that we have, quite often it's the parent who may not be familiar with that piece of science who gets really thrilled about it. And to be frank... What a science centre is about, we are an informal education system. What we need to do is encourage family learning. We're about family learning, and family learning is about getting the parent to be confident to talk with a child about science, to get them enthused. And as a science centre, if a parent maybe 
didn't do so well in science in school, just didn't feel it was for them. We want to get them to the point when they leave the Cambridge Science Centre, they feel as though they know enough to be able to guide their child through part of the learning process. Okay. What sorts of things would they be doing when they come here? They won't be attending a lecture, will they not? No, we, we will have talks, um, for sure. But we have, for example, uh, in looking at our, our website, if I can just quickly plug ourselves, it's sure. www.cambridgesciencecentre.org. We build hands-on interactives, which, to give you an example, um, one of them is about what is electricity. So we start with uh, a set of magnets and a set of coils, and we don't tell the person who's working with those which is the larger magnet or how does a magnet affect uh, a coil uh, and generate electricity. So by exploring with this hands-on equipment, a child can actually start to learn what is the relationship between magnetism and electricity. Then they can move on to what's a motor, and they can move on to what's a generator, and then have a look at when I run this generator, and if I run this generator against, say, old light bulbs, which are high-energy light bulbs, versus new LED light bulbs, they will literally feel that they don't have to put in as much energy. So these exhibits give people a real hands-on feel for what are some basic concepts in science and those we will uh, be continually building these new things um, on our floor. How does this kind of learning science work? One of the things that uh, inspired me into starting up a science centre was a talk I went to at one point um, by a quite well-known researcher biology uh, but he got into it because of a fascination with nematode worms and he said, actually, it's the specific that gets you interested in the general. Not the general that gets you interested in the specific. Yeah, it is that uh, moment of inspiration that we want to provide, where a child can go back and go, I never thought about that before. I'd never seen anything like that. That's really interesting. Now, the key thing with the science centre and what we want to do differently to a number of um, what I'd call traditional science centres, which you come in and you have a fantastic time and then you walk out the door and that's the end of it, so what we want to ensure is that when a parent or when a teacher comes back with that child that's really interested and said, I learned this, what can I do now? Is that we don't say, well, go find out what it is uh, by yourself. That we actually provide some paths for them to go through and go, great, well, if you're interested in this, how about this other online thing that you could explore? How about coming to these other talks? How about um, looking at these classes you, you could take? So the key thing is to, to create that spark of inspiration but link that then into those people who are inspired into a pathway onto something that allows them to really use science in day-to-day -day life. Okay. So if I go into a ga an art gallery, quite often I walk past a painting and it doesn't do very much for me. Will your gallery have some kind of staff, some sort of people in there to help people connect with the exhibits and such, such like? It's absolutely true in the science centre industry that the explainer is identified again and again. The person who's actually doing the science communication is identified again and again as being the most important part in any science centre experience. Uh, people and good people are also, generally speaking, your most expensive part of running a science centre. So it's absolutely critical that you have those explainers there. But what you want to do is you want to have a lot of pictures. So let's say you go to a gallery, you'll go past one and say, no, it's not for me. You go past one and it's not for me. And then all of a sudden you'll come to something and go, actually, that one really grabs me. And you'll, you'll look at it for a little bit longer. And the idea with these exhibits is that 
children can go past and they can play with them some might be for them some might not but then also you have the explainers that go that child or that adult's getting really interested in this so I'll wander over and I'll have a chat with them and see what is it about that that's really intriguing them so there's two things there one we learn from the experience of the person that's actually engaging with it how can we make that interactive more interesting to the passerby but the person who's actually engaged we can then start to tune their learning to the experience they're having at the time so we cannot say that every single exhibit will interest every single person some people love biology some love chemistry some love physics but we want to show something that's very very interdisciplinary we want people to go through and pick and choose and then when they've got interest we want to be able to carry them through onto the next phase of learning I believe you're opening in February what's going to be happening over the next few months what we're going to be doing is we we have uh, built quite a few exhibits actually um, and these have been out uh, since the Cambridge Science Festival in 2012 uh, we have started to put these out on the road and really test them. So we ran the Library Science Lab, which ran in libraries throughout Cambridgeshire, um, where we monitored the usage of these things and we've tuned them and we've improved them. And we're going to continue to build those exhibits to uh, allow us to open our doors in February. At the same time, what we're going to be doing is talking to some teachers to make sure that the web web experience for coming in and, and scheduling a class visit or us coming out to them is it makes sense to them that we're able to tie into curriculum teaching that the teacher knows what's uh, in it for them basically and their class and we are also going to be planning out um, a program which runs out through 2013 and 2014 with different types of exhibitions so in the back half of 2013 for example we're going to be run, running an exhibition which is about the theme of perception so we're in a small exhibit area it's about 120 square metres but that 120 square metres is actually lovely and it's lovely because it's about the size of a, of a mid-sized high street store uh, and that means that we can update this area really quickly, we can freshen it uh, but it also means that once we're done with an exhibit we can actually make it travel and we can get it out to other parts in East Anglia where people may not have the privilege, really, of being in so close to Cambridge where there's so much fantastic science. So we want to make sure that what it is that we develop here, here is the R&D hub, here is where we develop things, but we've got to get it on the road, and that's an absolutely key part of our, of our program going into 2014. How did you get into science, and perhaps even into this? I'm actually probably more into engineering, but I've loved science. So I see engineering is basically the application of science, and I've been an engineer for most of my life, but um, at one point I got to the point of saying I really want to go back to what it was that inspired me about science, general science, when I was a kid, because it was an absolute, um, I was just amazed by it, I was thrilled by it, and it is still absolutely true that documentaries about science are things which I probably watch the most. But in my day-to-day -day job, it just become a little bit more of cranking the hammer, if you will, even though it was in a science-based career. So... I was sitting there after having done some MBA uh, work and uh, some commercial management and so on, and I thought, well, actually, I have these general skills, and I love science, and I love watching the expressions on kids' faces when, they, when they, that spark launches, which I loved when I was a kid. And uh, I was coming back on a train from Newcastle, having visited the Centre for Life up in Newcastle, coming back to Cambridge and suddenly going, we are a centre for science in the world, not just the UK, in yeah. the world. I'm on a train back from Newcastle where I've just been on one of these experiences and we don't have it in Cambridge. Why don't we? Why? And so I researched that, began to put together a business model. That, that's how we've got to where we are today. So it's the business model and then searching out the people. And I was 
easily able to find people who were experienced uh, in outreach, in exhibit building, in museums, who really also thought the same and said, we have to have a science centre here. And that team has put in so much effort and that team is so critical to what we actually do that ever since we've put that together, I've really felt a great deal of confidence in, in our initiative. Science education is happening in schools. It's mm. compulsory. And mm. They all do it up to the age of 15 or 16. So what kind of gap are you filling? Let me go back a little bit to one of my interests in this. Both of my parents are teachers. Uh, one's a, a DMT, uh, and the other one is uh, an English teacher. And uh, so I've always been interested in the educational process, but I know... <laughs> So I was quite good at physics when I was in high school, but um, I was also a bit of a uh, problem uh, pupil in the class, I think, because I got bored with the experiments, very bored. And I took the experiments in directions that the physics teacher didn't want me to take them in necessarily, and I really didn't get along with the teacher. Now, let's suppose uh, we are in another situation where we've got a kid who's just not getting along with the teacher, but so much so that they actually get turned off from physics. That one teacher, that one, that one experience, has basically disengaged that one child. Now, whatever, whatever that is, generally speaking, you have one child, or you have uh, a set of 30 kids for every one teacher. And there are phenomenal teachers out there, absolutely fantastic. But just from a personal relationship aspect, just from the point that these, these two people aren't communicating quite the right way, if that's enough to turn the, the kid off, then all of a sudden you've had a child disengaged from science. So our belief as a science centre is that we want to be able to catch, uh, catch the, the inspiration of kids who want to self-learn, that it can help them in classes, absolutely, and they can help teachers, absolutely. But for kids who say, well, maybe, you know, I'm not getting, a, getting out of the past what I, what I want to do, it's not moving at the pace that I want, it's not studying the things that I actually necessarily want to do, we provide an alternative for that as well. And the other key thing is is getting the parents to really say, yeah, I really think you playing around with these ideas and I will help you as, as much as I can to explore these concepts. That's what we're there for. But where will we find you? So we're in uh, part of the old Marshall Garage complex actually on Jesus Lane, 18 Jesus Lane. To give you an idea of where that is, it's near the uh, Park Street car park. Uh, over fairly close over near the Punting Scudmores area uh, and near the Round Church so if you're in Cambridge there's a couple of landmarks there to sort of get you in the right area and um, again 18 Jesus Lane is where you'll find us and all the details will be on the website at www.cambridgesciencecentre.org I got that thank you very much Chris that was lovely thanks to Dr Chris Leonard the founder of the Cambridge Science Centre speaking just there just to recap on the details, the web address of the centre is www.cambridgesciencecentre.org and the street address is 18 Jesus Lane. If you're in the town centre at Park Street Car Park or the ADC Theatre, it's just metres from you. And if you're in school, do tell your teachers it's a happening thing. That's pretty much all for today's show. Scientists at Work is made by the Science Show team on Community Radio, Cambridge 105. You can also find past episodes on the website, www.cambridge105.fm. You can also subscribe to future podcasts with the iTunes Store. You can get in touch with us on the email science at cambridge105.fm or on Twitter at 105science.
Till next time, it's bye from the Science Show team of Roger Frost and Chris Crease. You're listening to The Science Show on Cambridge 105. <laughs>